secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. And today, my guest is Alexander V. Johnson, and he is the founder of Mixed. And uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited (laughs) to do it. (laughs) <laughs> and I want to know more about what is mixed. Let's let's talk about what it is that you do and how you got here. Yeah, so mixed solutions uh, has kind of had a a path to get to where we are. So what we do is we're an online sales company. The bulk of what we do is Amazon based consulting. <clears throat> so within that, we're full service. Um, let's say you own and operate uh, a product based company, something that can be shipped to customers. Maybe you have a little bit of traction. Maybe you've done well. You're selling into a Kroger or a Walmart or a Whole Foods, Costco, any of those retailers. Um, that's kind of one leg of the retail stool, which would be you know in stores. Uh, the second leg would be your sort of own website, right? You're selling on your website. You're selling directly to your customers. That's your data. You own it. It's wholly yours. That's the second leg. The third leg is Amazon. So. For companies that have those two legs kind of rocking and rolling, but they're like, how do we deal with this Amazon beast? Because it is its own world, sort of. Uh, we step in and help them with that. So full service, we will physically warehouse the inventory here in Plain City. Uh, we'll pick, pack, prep it, ship it into Amazon, design a listing, text, content, SEO, and uh, sell it to the end customer. That said, we did not start our company like that. We actually started this company with a very different idea of where we would go. And B, we thought that we were going to start a food truck. So I started right out of college, you know, entrepreneurship major, let's go, let's get it, let's start a business, right? So we thought, oh, we'll start a food truck, Um, we'll go to various sporting events, Uh, we'll sell supplements, we'll go outside of gyms, we'll sell pre-workout, post-workout, shakes, things like that. You know, as a food truck, you can't fail, you just find a location that didn't work, right? Um, We didn't have any money, though. So, you know, we were like, oh, we need like 20, 30 grand to build a food truck out. All right, well, how are we going to raise some money? And we had someone who was kind of senior in the sports nutrition space say, well, why don't you guys just build out a website, you know? And this was, I'm dating myself now, long enough ago that you couldn't just like set up a Shopify store and just like make it yourself. You had to have someone with like some technical acumen to build a website. So we went to someone with a little bit of technical acumen. Myself, I put in $1,000. My business partner put in $1,000. We built this website, which was MixedNutrition.com. So our company actually incorporated as Mixed Nutrition, LLC. And then along the lines of maybe five years in, we switched to Mixed Solutions, LLC. We were selling on that uh, that website. We're doing well. We're putting our money in. We're getting it back out in product. We kind of continue to grow that way. I say that to articulate people like you don't have to have a ton of money to start a business. That's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you would you would articulate. You know, it's really just a oh yeah, we had process. nothing. We had it's, nothing. It, it's just <laughs> it's creativity. You know, like if you think a business can only be started one way, well, then your your thinking is pretty limited in that. There's a 
10,000 ways to start a business, not just like, oh, I get it, funding from someone and then I put right. it in and invest and grow from there. So we're selling on that website, we're making a couple of bucks. And then we had a rep say, well, hey, Alex, you know, I have an account doing half a million dollars a month on Amazon. And I thought he misspoke. I was like, you mean half a million a year? He's like, no, half a million a month. Wow. So we were on pace to do like $100,000 in total sales that year. So our eyes got wide and we're like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, we need to figure out Amazon. But it was kind of a weird time because people still thought Amazon was like low class, low quality. Like if your product's on Amazon, it's like low rent. Kind of like, oh, your product's in Walmart, Ugh. you know? So we were like, all right, well, we're just going to figure it out ourselves. So that was about 2015. We got started on Amazon, um, sold, made a bunch of mistakes, had a bunch of issues. But eventually we kind of figured it out. And then we started approaching companies saying like, hey, did you need help with Amazon? Because we can see your, your product's not got the right stuff happening. Let us help you. Most brands were like, don't worry about us. We got it covered. And we're like, but, but, but they're like, don't worry about it. So finally, we found a couple of brands that were smart enough to go, hey, we, we're not experts in this space. If you know something about this that we don't know, we would love that help. So our business kind of just molded, grew, and developed. And now we're a consulting company. We have about... 35 to 40 brand partners that we do business with in this calendar year as our ninth year in business. And we'll cross over a hundred million dollars in total sales through the life of the company on the Amazon platform. I'm really holding back because a couple of times I wanted to say, shut up. <laughs> because, That's the story in, you know, what, four or five minutes or so. Because first of all, that whole, we can help you get an Amazon thing. That's really cool because I am also an, an Amazon customer, as I'm sure many people are, you know, by default in many cases, because yeah. they, they have, they have every, you do a search on what's the best, you know, pair of shoes. Oh, look, it's on Amazon. And if you have an account and gets free shipping, they make it super attractive. So it's like, why not be on Amazon, I guess. And the fact that you have, you know, basically kind of found this hole in the market that people could want to, an easier way to do this. I mean, I, I think that's pretty freaking brilliant for one. And just kind of how you got to where you are is is amazing in that you're you know, you have basically sold a lot of stuff for a lot of help people sell a lot of stuff and that they wouldn't have sold otherwise, which is is really, really kind of cool. And creative as well. It's like I everything you mentioned as far as like starting a business with, you know, you don't how to, you gotta rethink on how you wanna really wanna do it. You don't need to go to a bank and you know, and good luck with that, by the way. Um <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. I have an idea, would you like to invest in it? And, but basically having to get creative to figure out how you're going to do it. I think that's going to definitely speak really well to everybody out there who ha does have an idea and just keep, keep creating. It's like, you had a great idea. And it's like, it just kind of kept unfolding to, to where you are today, which is pretty awesome. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. I mean, the word that I've heard a lot recently, it's gotten kind of popular is iterate, you just iterate, you know, like a, a next thing. And that's really what we sort of did our business has been three or four different businesses. You know, we were food truck and then we were sports nutrition.com store. And then we were right, Amazon right. resellers and then we became Amazon consultants. And, you know, now we even have some different parts of our business. We do like third party logistics and we're logistics partners and things like that. So I, I, I gave a talk back in my university a while back and I know people like don't want to hear something like this, but we really just kind of chased like where the money was. I know that sounds greedy and gross, but we wanted to stay in business and mm -hmm, we didn't know mm -hmm. what was going to work, you know? So it, not from a greedy perspective, but 
we just went, hey, that looks like that is a good idea over there. And we just weren't married to any one set business model. I meet a lot of people who are really married to their initial idea. Like I'm going to start a coffee joint and it's going to be X and Y and Z. And I'm like, well, just don't limit yourself. You know, maybe you, maybe you want to start a coffee space, but really what you want is a place for people to get together and network. And maybe you don't need a location for that. You know, maybe you just are a group and maybe instead of doing it in a coffee shop, you do it in a park and now people are jogging and it's like, okay, now we're totally different. We're a whole different business, but, but if it works and you're accomplishing the thing that you want to accomplish, um, why not? I just had a gentleman on my podcast, um, Barto Elmore, fascinating guy, environmental historian, but he has a, a friend and colleague that goes into companies and he says, okay, now let's, let's rethink your business a little bit. What do you do? And in Coca-Cola is like, we bring people happiness. And he's like, okay, well, is, is soda the only way that you can do that? And it kind of gets the wheels turning like, oh, well, what do we do actually? You know, we, we are a soda company, but to get to our end result of bring people happiness, maybe we don't have to exclusively do that. So I thought that was an interesting way of framing it. And, and I think it's an interesting and helpful way for young entrepreneurs to think about businesses. You don't have to just do your one thing. Continue into the path that you want and accomplish the right thing, but it doesn't need to be the way that you initially envisioned it. Yeah, my favorite question to ask myself is what if? You know, and it, it, it's kind of like, well, this is what I'm doing, but what if I did this? Or what if we contorted this a little bit to now make it this? And I, I think that that's exact. We're talking about the same thing here. And that not really limiting yourself to thinking it's only got to be one way. That And that, again, is just kind of escaping that uh, left side of your brain. Because also the left side of your brain is going to make you take that one idea and just run it into the ground. Because you're like, no, this is the idea. And I got to figure out how to make it work versus tapping into the right side where you're like, you know, okay, what if, what if we, what if we get a little creative on this and what are people wanting? And I mean, that's literally how you, in a way kind of fell into where you are right now, which is really kind of cool, which now begs me to ask the, the question. So what did you do as a kid that was um, keeping, got, got this whole journey going, you know, what did you do for fun and what did you do for creativity or excitement? Yeah. So as a kid, I was, I was really into sports. So I ended up playing soccer in college. That was a really um, valuable thing for me. I was very excited and happy to do it. And I look back like really fondly. You know, you're not quite as mature at age 18, 19, 20, 21 as you are now. And you think like, man, I really probably could have like gave it more. Not that we didn't try, but just like my level of focus, attention, effort, right. intensity. Um, so I was like really in a household where I was just thinking about this before we got on the call. Creativity was not highly like prioritized my father was an attorney my mother was in uh, the medical field she was in the laboratory at a hospital you wouldn't necessarily say those were super creative uh activities and they weren't musicians or musical my dad drew but it never was something that we talked about or like hung up any pictures or paintings or anything um so they didn't really ever push me in any creative activities and as a kid I like I did not want to do the music class. I didn't want to do choir. I thought choir was like dumb and a waste of my time. When they gave me the recorder, I would just like fake play. I like was not into that. Um, By the way, you know, who, owns, was, who owns a recorder business? Because 
doesn't every child in the United States get a recorder? It's like required. Or something? There must be some big, you know, public government contract that somebody's <laughs> just laughing contract. in the bank with their recorder money. All right. So you're not in music class. Go on. So, no, I wasn't. I did not enjoy that music class. Like the art classes, I, it was fine. I did them, but I wasn't really like jazzed up and geared up about it. Um, you know, I. I was an independent kid. I would say that's the biggest thing. I was like independent and stubborn, which is why you end up owning your own business, you know, in some respect. Um, one thing I do vividly remember was that whenever we had a project, I didn't want to do what any other kid was doing. So if like we had to do a project, like you need to present on a public speaker or a, excuse me, a public figure and give us a talk about it. If some other kid was doing Abraham Lincoln, I was like, Abraham Lincoln's out. I don't want to do that. That's that, that's boring now. It's become uncool <laughs> because someone else is doing it. It wasn't one of the rules, but I made it my rule. Like, I'm not going to do what anyone else does. So I was always like very independent and stubborn and creative in that regard that I was like, I'm not going to take the path that everyone else is taking. I think that's boring, lame. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. So. You know, even continuing through high school, I was really dedicated to soccer. You know, I ended up being able to become a pretty good soccer player, mostly through hard work and effort. And when I got into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was fortunate that I got pushed into an entrepreneurship class, a 101. And uh, very early on, one of the first classes there, uh, the teacher gave out a pamphlet that said, all the reasons to start a business while in college. And it was, you know, totally like, mind-blowing because you think like you're a college kid you know you don't have any money you don't have resources you don't have any knowledge you know you don't have like a market around you but everything was sort of flipped on ahead in that article because it's like you don't have any money okay so you don't have anything to lose you know and you don't have any knowledge but you have all these advisors around you you have lawyers accountants finance people graphic artists marketing professionals all these people around you and you do have a captive audience with other people at the university. So I was like, this makes total sense. It's kind of like click moment for me. And I decided, hey, I'm going to start a business in college. So, you know, I've taken a lot of my creative energy out, like in the business world and in a lot of ways. Um, and, and in my personal opinion, business is a creative activity. You're just solving something that no one else quite knew how to solve with the current amount of resources that you had. And uh, I have this quote, it's in my phone, I could probably find it, but it was, it was from an old French economist. And he said, an entrepreneur is, t- is someone who takes uh, capital from a low-use place and puts it into a higher-yield location. And I was just like, I love that. I love that definition. You know, capital's not being used efficiently. I can move it into a better place, and I can help more people with it, you know? I know everyone wants to say, like, oh, capitalism's bad, but is it bad if, like, I can make your food cheaper? Is it bad if I can make your house cheaper? Like, is it bad if I can get you the goods that you want faster, more efficiently, better quality, less sugar, better for you? Like, that's creative, you know, Mm -hmm. because 500 years ago, they didn't know how to do that. They let technology, but to create technology was creative. So, you know, it's it's all just like creating new things. And that's kind of how I ended up like taking out my creative activities was really in the business world and solving for problems that other people on a local level at Ashland, my university didn't solve for, and then now on a more uh, nationwide level, people are trying to solve for. Yeah, I would, I would definitely put you in the category of creative problem solver, and probably even from a young age too. If you're thinking like, well, if someone's doing that, 
I don't want to do that. I got to figure out something that's even better and cooler that's going to interest me and not, you know, because it's, it's almost like even at a young age, you were looking at the, the gaps of where you could, what, what you could fill to, to serve the, the class or something like that. It's like, no, someone's got that covered already. So I gotta, I gotta do something else. Since you start, well, you know what, were you, did you ever do anything entrepreneurial like as a child or was it really just that spark of that pamphlet in college which i think is a freaking brilliant idea by the way of it someone is, to do that because i'm also I've thinking college to. students who are looking for opportunities so and i'm just speaking from a graphic designer standpoint if i could get some experience even in college doing something like this you can take that experience to get your next job because everybody always wants an experienced person so it's almost like yes. an internship in a way which is kind of cool but did you do anything, going back to my original question, um, <laughs> did you do anything when you were younger that you felt that was like a little entrepreneurial or is it just really stayed in that vein of creative problem solving? When I was a kid, I can't really remember anything super entrepreneurial. I'd say my first foray into entrepreneurship, I was in college and I started, if you will, a business hanging lights outside of people's house during the holiday. That was oh, really cool. just more like necessity. Like I wanted to make money and it honestly like kind of failed. I didn't really get any clients. I just like printed some flyers up, stuck them into people's door. I was like, this is fun. I'll like go for a jog and stick these into people's door. And I did end up getting like a couple of clients and mm-hmm. I was like, this is like sketchy. I'm up on these tall ladders. You know, I'm like, this is probably dangerous. I have insurance. <laughs> yeah. Like you're a kid, you know, you don't, you think you're just indestructible. So you're like 20 feet up on a ladder hanging lights. I didn't know how to hang lights. I'm like, it's not hard. You know, you clip the thing, you clip the light. It's fine. Um, they probably didn't look that great all in all. Um, but, you know, that was like the first thing I did because that that, that just kind of got my mind going. Like, I can start a business. Well, self-employment, too. I think for you, started very early, too. You know, doing the projects by yourself, wanting to, you know, hanging lights is very much of an individual or can be an individual sort of thing. So yeah, it, it was, you know, you have a little bit of, you know, control of your chaos in a way when you're doing that whole startup, uh, start working in that startup space. I've been told that I don't do great with authority, but that's not true. I just don't do great with authority when I can't understand or think that their rationale is logical. So like, <laughs> if you tell me like, say, hey, I will go fully and say that I'm, I'm a terrible, I was a, I think I was a terrible employee. I don't think I would have liked working with me if I was the boss of me. I think that <laughs> I, I could have been a good boss. I mean, much to your, much to your point. I think if my boss had logical, rational explanations for why we're doing things, I'd be like, great. But if he's like, we don't wear green shirts on Tuesday, I'd be like, I, I'm going to wear a green shirt. Like, unless you can tell me why that makes sense, like, I'm not going to abide by that. So probably, like, I don't follow rules blindly, um, but I'll follow them if they make sense. Um, but yeah, so, you know, as a youth, it, it wasn't really something that specifically in the business world, but after like I actually started my own business, my parents were like, well, yeah, obviously you were going to be like an entrepreneur or a business owner. I was like, oh, you guys kind of knew that? And they're like, yeah, we kind of knew it. Um, it. It's funny too, because I was just talking to somebody how they don't really realize that they have this untapped talent until they get a little bit older, are operating a little bit in survival mode to kind of get to where they need to go. And then you know, something kind of kicks in when they're older and it's like, no, wait a second. I really did love doing all of this stuff. And that's how, you know, subconsciously or not, it, it kind of gets them to kind of where you are right now, which is, is kind of cool. Um, so you, you know, are helping thing, the one, world with Amazon, which I think is, you know, pretty freaking awesome and helping um, clients do that. 
and I will have all your information in the contents part of this podcast so people can get a hold of you because I'm right now I'm already thinking, you know, with my creative mind, I need to get something on Amazon so I can sell it and you can help me do that. I don't even know what that is, but I just like the idea of it. As of right now, okay, so you are rocking and rolling with this. What do you still uh, see for mixed or what is it that you're still kind of doing that is kind of challenging that creative side, that innovative side, that creative problem solving side? Yeah. I mean, the most challenging part of our business is, I mean, people, you know, I mean, everyone wants to have like a company with 50 employees. We have about 30. Um, you want to have 50, a hundred, 200 employees. Uh, those, those people are the difficult thing. Um, people are, um, the lifeblood of any business. If you have great people, the business is going to go. If you have difficult people, it's going to make your life more difficult. So it's always dealing with that, you know, just trying to find the right people, train them, put them in the best situation for them to have success, kind of avoid pitfalls, you know, make sure that they're happy, healthy, all those things. That's kind of the primary challenge for us. And that's what's going to take us to 50 million. So we're, we'll probably end up somewhere in 35 million this year. Wonderful. Um, we want to get to 50 million. Once you get to 50, I mean, the next stop's a hundred, right? So that's kind of the, the short-term goal, if you will, in the next couple of years is get there. And then from there, you know, we're, we're wholly owned, just two partners. There's no outside investors, no debt or anything. Maybe we'll consider what happens next to the company at that point in time. Um, but that's kind of where we're going. And, and creative problem solving now is just kind of thinking back. This quote that I heard and I really love and appreciate is, what got us to where we are will not get us to where we're going. Absolutely. So, you can't just rely on like, well, this is how we've always done it. And it's like, well, how you've always done it was with 20 employees, 10 employees, five employees, you know? So the infrastructure you had for five employees when, you know, you knew everybody was going to be there every single day and uh, you knew how they were going to work and you knew everything about their personal life. And if like they're slacking off, you can just kind of, hey, hey, man, come on, let's go, come on, you know, and then that fixes it. Uh, totally different when you get to 10, 15, 20, 25. Oh gosh, yes. So you as the business owner, you can't stay the same. Um, I've met business owners who are, who are just like, this is just who I am. I'm not going to change. And it's like, that's great, but you're going to stay a, a one man band or a one woman band. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not interested in changing yourself, right? then the, everything's going to just change around you. And that person ended up having a tough time keeping people around them because they didn't want to change as the business changed in depth. So I think, you know, just creatively continuing to solve for new problems and they're problems of scale at this point in time, right? Because you have to build up more people, more yep, staff, more, more infrastructure mm -hmm, across the board. So now you're like, okay, well, this is great. I figured out how to, you know, manage a 30 person company or a 25 person company. It's like, great. Now you need to figure out how to manage it at 35, 40, 50, 100. Um, so it's just kind of future looking, like how do we deal with this thing and, and what does my role look like? Because my role is going to be very different than it did in the first nine years of our company in the following nine to 10 years. Yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. And I, I think you are, you know, hitting all the, the, the fine points on the fun and the chaos of growing a business. I will say that. And one of the challenges too, is to have people that have the same passion that you do too. And I'm just going to say that aloud because you are so super passionate about this. And I'm going to imagine that sometimes it could be a bit of a challenge to have people that have come in with 
the same sort of fire and enthusiasm that you are bringing to this too. Um, but to your point too, about the people that aren't willing to change too, you know, I think sometimes too, you just have to find the people that work well with their personality too. You know, mm-hmm. I have people that are completely different than me per- personality wise, but I lean in heavy to their strengths because there's a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily, I like, I, I hate spreadsheets. So if I can find somebody that's going to do a spreadsheet for me, I can read a spreadsheet and I'm perfectly comfortable with one and I can make one. But if I could kind of delegate that away, then I'm the first one to do that and mm-hmm. just you know honor that person for saying, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing that. So I can do what I do best. And sometimes it's just being the spokesperson for the company too, which I'm totally fine with as well. Well, as an entrepreneur, that's, you know, one of the, the, the most um, important things you can do or the most bold things you can do is just admit, hey, I'm, I'm not really good at that. You know, I don't like doing that. I'm not good at that. I'm going to let someone else do that. I have exactly. a PDF sitting on my desktop um, and it says, don't be the bottleneck. And it's all about like these entrepreneurs or certain people especially when you start with like a one or two person company and you're not the bottleneck, you're the bucket, like you're everything you know, right. for the company. So you have to do it. You do the payroll and, and the accounting and the tax and the finance and the marketing and the sales and the brand management and listings and so on and so forth. You're everything. But as your business grows, those desires to continue doing everything for a lot of entrepreneurs because they feel like I built this thing. I was the important piece of building this thing. Ooh, and when I bring this new person on, like they don't type emails the way that I type them. And maybe that's a problem, but maybe it's not. Maybe you're just trying to like hold on to that control. And that's extremely difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs. They're like, this is my thing. I can't let it go. I've always done this. Um, so, you know, you just don't want to be the bottleneck. And to your point, Admitting like I'm not I don't do spreadsheets, I'm not good at spreadsheets, I don't like spreadsheets, and being able to say like you're better at spreadsheets than me, you do that because I need to focus on what I am good at, mm-hmm. what I like to do, because if you're trying to fit me into a place that I'm not good at, we're just not gonna get the best results. And and that's that's a hard thing to do in the growth process. Again, what got you to here will not get you to where you're going, and you have to understand that. Exactly. I have to ask, do you still have time to play soccer? Yeah, so I actually played my alumni game uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, avoided catastrophic injury, which not everyone at that game could say, unfortunately. Um, We had a torn Achilles tendon and a torn ACL. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Those are those are pretty bad. right? Yeah. Which honestly, like, I don't want to say that I'm surprised by, but I'm not shocked. I'm definitely not shocked. Um, oh, it can happen at know, any age. You're perfectly honest, so yeah. we're not even going to bring that into the equation. But man, yeah, you guys are I mean, they rolled the ball out, and they're like, "Hey, let's do like an 80 minute 11 v 11 full field game." It was like some people are going to be hurting at the end of this. Some people were hurting, but uh, scored a goal, had an assist. I still got it, you know. Um, <laughs> but you know, I play soccer, I rock climb, I snowboard, I play tennis. I just like being active. I find it to be really fun. I know not everyone finds it to be fun, but I do. Um, so that's definitely a helpful outlet for me. Um, and, and I've, this is my personal experience. Like I have developed a good work-life balance. Like I didn't, when I was younger, I was like grind set, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'll sleep in the office. I'll do the whole thing. Um, I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think most entrepreneurs, you'll look back 
really fondly on those uh, periods of your life. Absolutely. You'll be like, man, you know, I was like, me, I was working four jobs and I was like sometimes sleeping in the office and I was like every hour I was working, 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 working. Work. You look back and you're like, gosh, I can't believe I did that, <laughs> you know? Um, but you look back fondly, even though like while you're in it, it's like just hard and difficult. You're like, why am I doing this? Is this business even going to work? But I think you'd probably also say you look back and you're like, that was that was awesome that I did that. That was fun. Yeah, there's a bit of a badge of honor to that, a little bit of accomplishment. It's like you know what, I did it. That was that was kind of yep. awesome. Doesn't mean you're going to yeah. do it again, but yeah. you know, yep. but you you did it. And there, there, like I said, there's that maybe that same sort of accomplishment that you might feel like if you are doing a, have a great rock climbing session, or like you said, you how you. Um, uh, play you know, the soft the soccer game you know things like that it's like you know i got a header you know so i mean it's it's the same sort of adrenaline rush in a way but those you know feelings do change you know as you you know kind of progress through life and things like that um where you start you know finding you know getting the opportunity to do other things um i'm going to ask you just kind of quickly too like when you do rock climbing and stuff like that how does how does that sort of checking out benefit your business do you think i i just think if if i First and foremost, if you try to be everything and do everything, like you need to be on nine to nine, again, you just became the bottleneck for your company, right? So don't be the business owner that nobody's allowed to send an email without sending it over to you so that you can proofread it because then that email doesn't get sent. Or if it does get sent, it's like they're not thinking about the quality of the email. They're thinking about like make Alex happy with the email, write it to the way that Alex would like it done. And Who's to say that I'm the best proofreader or that my grammatical <laughs> skills are better than yours, you know? Like, I'm a, I'm a double spacer after my uh, periods. I know that's, <laughs> like, sacrilegious anymore. I, mean, I don't feel like changing. I like it. I think it looks mm -hmm. better. Okay, whatever. Um, but don't become the bottleneck. And if you have to run a business where you work 9 to 9, something is wrong, right? Like, in the early going, great. Like, get it off the ground. Get some sales. Get some clients. Get some customers. Great. Like, Working more might be helpful. But if you have to continue to do that to keep the business afloat, like just go work for someone else to be stressed out, you know, like go yeah, work for someone else and get paid. Probably. You know? and, and also to, it, it stands to be said that if your business cannot be profitable without you working nine to nine, let's say you're a restaurant store, whatever, and you have to physically be working it from nine to nine, like your business is not sustainable. Like you cannot do that every single day of the week. Um, you need to reevaluate some things. And it also takes slowing down to speed up. Like pull yourself out of it for a second and go, wait a minute. If, if I wasn't working nine to nine, what would this business look like? Well, how do I fix that? I don't, it's not that they need me uh, at the, the counter. They need me to go get more customers. They need me to like, redevelop the menu they need me to bring in more revenue for this business so you just don't want to become the bottleneck so if i have to like if my business will fall apart if i'm not checking my email from 5 p.m to 10 p.m like i just haven't built a good business honestly as the business owner i know this is difficult for a lot of people and people will disagree with me i think you want to get less on your plate like you want to have free time so that when things come up that they actually need you you can step in and you can fix it. Um, these quotes on my wall behind me, one of them is, you should be too busy to do coffee while still keeping an uncluttered schedule. 
I just don't want to have so much on your schedule that like, okay, I got a meeting, a marketing meeting at nine, a uh, productivity meeting at 10. It's like, you don't have any time to go. What do we actually need to do? Like what's important? And when you, your schedule is just hundred percent full, you can't prioritize anything in your company. You, you miss the forest of the trees, I think. Well, I'm just going to end it there on those wise words, because I think that is exactly what a lot of entrepreneurs need to hear. Um, and you know this by, you know, walking through the fire yourself. So perhaps it's even more of a cautionary tale to people that are starting businesses. But I think if anything, they're going to learn a lot, not only about starting a business, but how to maintain it as it grows, hopefully really quickly, which is also great for, I think, just the community in general, but very exciting for you. I, I, like I said, I'm very excited about this business you've, you've created. I think it can really help a lot of companies. It's one of those really beautiful things that can be delegated. You know, people think I got to figure this out as the owner, I must figure out how to get on Amazon, yeah. but you know what, you can delegate this and it's going to yeah. happen faster and be more, probably more profitable in the long run. And, you know, you can go back to doing something fun rather than trying to figure out how to be a client of, of Amazon. Yeah. Right? And there, I know that people are going, wow, we have to insource, we have to insource. Look, there's companies out there that outsource everything. That same gentleman who came on my podcast, Barto Elmore, he wrote a book, Country Capitalism is what it's called. He's written a couple of books, but he's like obsessed with Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola's whole model was exporting everything. They were a syrup company. That's what they wanted. They wanted to make the syrup. And then they just would send it out to these distributors. They wouldn't own the distributorship. They would just outsource that. They're like, we don't want to own any of that labor-intensive, costly, expensive stuff. And they've still kind of continued that. Like, they don't own their factories to make the Coca-Cola. It's, like, shocking to hear. Like, what? They don't own the factory? They don't own the companies that create the raw materials. They don't own, like, a lot of their distribution routes. It's, like, all these independent businesses. So Coke is actually, like, quite lean as far as, you know, multi-billion dollar conglomerate. They've outsourced everything. And I'm not saying that's the route that you need to take with your business. But no, everybody needs to make their own. There's a lot of lessons. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to just ditto that entirely because it is just more cost effective. It's easier. You can be a lot more flexible. Like, for example, if your distrib distribution company is not doing well, you can always take it somewhere else. You don't have to fire your whole distribution company, you know, di yeah, division of your yeah. company. So there's a lot of positives to, you know, and if not everything, just things that are one-offs, things that, you know, are like, we need a website design, you know, don't, you don't have to hire a full-time web person. You probably just need to hire a contractor to design it and then you're done. And then, well, we can just keep going. We can keep talking about business probably for another hour, Alex, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I will just, I will just wrap this up again. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate what you're doing for the community. I, it's what your business is doing is very, very exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing it grow even more and to say, I knew you when, and um, thank you again for, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes and let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.